Hello, everyone. We are learning the second mimer of for Daf 27, starting at Daf 26 on the base. And here we go. So the Dibra Maschel is so we're going to explore between this mimer and the beer um, of the mimer in the next half. Explore three questions. First, why does it say Latara and Titaru twice? With the idea of Tahara, why does it repeat the idea of Tahara twice in the Pasuk? Second question is why do we need ten full days to reach the Kapara? And only on Yom Kippur, we get the Kapara. Why can't Hashem just uh, forgive us immediately if we do tshuva? Third question is, the idea of tshuva is returning face-to-face to Hashem and coming close to Hashem. And that being said, how can one come close to Hashem if Hashem's everywhere? Um, so therefore, if Hashem's always here, present, then what does it mean to come close to Hashem face-to-face? To answer the third question, you give an analogy of two people that stand, they're standing next to each other, but they're actually, their backs are, they're standing back-to-back. So really, even though they're close in physical proximity, they actually could not be further apart from each other because, um, because even though they're physically close, spiritually, I guess, or um, emotionally or whatever way you'd call it, they're really not close because um, they're not face-to-face. Just like it says in Parshish uh, that we don't see Hashem's face, that we don't see, connect to Hashem's panemius, Hashem's inward, uh, the inner dimension of a person or of Hashem. So like we say in Berchas Kayanim, Yar Hashem meaning that the hashba, the this I guess this um, this divinity that's coming from Hashem, um, specifically from his panim, from his pnimius, should come uh, be bestowed on us and give us vitality. Um, not like the nations of the world, or at least Amalek or other nations that are negativity and evil, that Hashem gives vitality to cause it to exist, but not because it willingly wants it to exist, but rather almost like a person that uh, that like Hashem like is like almost like a king that just throws the food over his shoulder, like backhandedly, um, but not willingly. It's like the leftovers, spiritual leftovers that gives the vitality. But with regards to tzaddik, tzaddik gets the hashba from Hashem, specifically from the most inner will of Hashem. And that is with joy and gladness of heart. And so too, we understand the idea of tshuva, that it says, keep fanu alai oyref, the first half of the pasuk, keep fanu alai, there's a pasuk in Yermia, that fanu alai that we turn that Hashem turns to us, or we turn to Hashem when we do to our mitzvahs. But if we don't, sorry, but that's only in the level of ayref. It's not from the pnimis ratzain, because 
essentially you can do Torah mitzvahs, but if you don't do Torah mitzvahs with the love and a shuka and a desire to connect to Hashem, but rather you're doing learning Torah, like it says in the Pasuk in Yeshaya, mitzvahs and Rashi Melumada, then you're learning Torah, like and doing mitzvahs by rote with a coldness to it. And the tshuva, then, then, then you're really not um, connecting to Hashem face to face. You're connecting to Hashem's back or back to face or face to back or back to back. But if you really want to connect to Hashem face to face, what you have to do is really have a desire to do to our mitzvahs, the real tshuka and real. Um, and that's what tshuva really is. Tshuva is to say, tell Hashem, no, I don't want to just do Torah mitzvahs by rote with a coolness. I want to do Torah mitzvahs with the simcha, the tuv levav mirav koil. Now, how do we make this desire and to, for Torah mitzvahs permanent and really established in our soul? Our sages say that Gadol Talmud should maybe be the Deimaisa. That great is Torah learning for brings about action. So, so it seems the whole question we're going to ask now here is what is greater, Torah or mitzvahs? So it seems on one hand, mitzvahs are greater because the whole purpose of Talmud is for the sake of doing the mitzvah practically. But so as they just say, say, if a person learns Torah without the practical application element, without the intention of practically applying the Torah knowledge that he learned, it's as if it's better off he wasn't even born. It's a very strong expression. In the Gemara Yushalmi, it says that, uh, quotes the Basak in Mishle, that's that all desires do not equate to uh to it, to, to Hashem. So meaning that, that meaning even meaning to say are the desires of heaven, which are the mitzvahs. So essentially what the Pasuk Mishle is saying is explained in the Yerushalmi that, that even mitzvahs don't compare to Torah. Yeshuvah, this doesn't, it's not equivalent to Torah. The learning Torah is greater than doing mitzvahs according to this Pasuk and Mishlei based on the Yerushalmi. Now in the Gemara and Maid Katan that we brought down the teaching of Gadol Talmud Mebili Dimaisa, that we, it brings down that Pasuk and then also um, another Pasuk of Mishlei. So the Pasuk that we just quoted from Mishlei was V'chol Chafatzim Sorry. Yeah. But then there's another Pasuk in Mishlei, earlier in Mishlei, that says, Your desires. So your desires, not, which doesn't, sorry, that doesn't include Hashem's desire, the desires of heaven, meaning doesn't include mitzvahs. So that Pasuk is saying all worldly desires um, doesn't equate to Torah and mitzvahs. So it's kind of putting Torah and mitzvahs on the same level and not saying that Torah is greater than mitzvahs. So the question is, what's better? Is Torah greater than doing mitzvahs or is mitzvahs uh, on the same level? So therefore I should do the mitzvahs. So really 
the the pusik that implies that you should do um, do the mitzvahs that the Torah, that that mitzvahs are on the same footing as Torah. That it, that pasuk was only talking about a case where it's impossible to do the mitzvah for someone else to do the mitzvah for you. That you're the only one that's able to do the mitzvah. But as explains in the Gemara in Maid Katan, that the the pasuk that alludes to the idea that that Torah is greater is specifically when someone else is able to do the mitzvah. So therefore the mitzvah. So therefore it's better off that you forego doing the mitzvah and you learn the Torah. But now the question we have here, very strong question, if that's the case based on this Gemara, then if we know that the whole purpose of learning Torah is to understand the practical application of the mitzvah and to practically apply the mitzvahs, then why would we forego doing the mitzvah and have someone else do the mitzvah if they're able to do it? Why wouldn't we want to practically apply the Torah knowledge that we're learning and do the mitzvah ourselves? So we also have to understand what our sages say, that anyone who learns Torah the Torah of the Korbanis, specifically the Korban of the burnt offering. It's as if he brought the oil of the burnt offering. And anyone who learns the Torah of the meal offering, it's as if he brought the meal offering. Now, the question is, we know that these are all um, mitzvahs that are dependent on a base of Migdash, and specifically a Koyen has to bring, has to be a part of this, the Korban, bringing the Korban. And so how can we say that literally it's as considered as if you, the Israelite, the non-Kohen, um, that is not in the base of Mikdash, does not have an altar, how can we possibly say that it's as if you brought it? No, we don't have, there's no Kohen. So how can we say? So the answer, we can explain all this as we move on to the next uh, column in Daf Chavzayin Amadalaf, that by explaining the whole concept of the advantage of Torah in general, which is a mitzvah for every single person to learn all the mitzvahs. So it doesn't matter if you're Kayin, you're Levi Yisrael, you have to learn all of the mitzvahs of the Torah, all the halachas, even the halachas that, that not every single person needs, that, that needs to practically apply. Um, for example, to become a Rav, you don't need you. You don't necessarily need to know every single detail because you can just go to a rav to ask the question. But um, like the laws of Isra Hatter, but still, the Torah demands that we learn all those halachas. Also, the Torah demands that we also even learn the the laws that only a judge, a dayan, would need to know. Like the um, even though normally we wouldn't need to know those laws on a practical level because if we ever had a case, we would just take it to the courthouse. Now, moving on to Oizbeis, the concept here, we have a concept that the, the Pasuk in Veschan and Vahayu Dvarimaila in the Shema, it says, Now, here we're analyzing uh, the what does it mean, Hadvarim Ha'ila? Are we talking about these words should be upon your heart? You should speak about them. And the question is, it says, Dvarim Toy. Dvarim. And vidibartabam. So the question is, is, is that referring to the words of the Kriyashma or to learning Torah in general? 
So it seems like the words hadvarim ha'ela in this, uh, we're talking about the first paragraph of the Krishma, that that is meaning that these words of the Shema itself, um, because we have a mitzvah of Krishma to say in the morning and the evening, right? But we don't have the mitzvah to say Krishma all day long, so how can we say and when you're going on the road, does it mean you have to constantly be saying the Shema? Um, so the idea is is talking about and is referring to um, the actual saying of the Shema and then going into the paragraph of the Hafta. So it is known, the now transitioning to explaining what does it mean, the word echad in the Shema. The echad means that Hashem is completely one in the heavens and the earth in all four directions, just like Hashem is completely alone or a one before the creation of the world. And uh, similarly, it's written in Malachi, Aniha violation, you see, Hashem has not changed because um, literally the whole world is considered as nothing before Hashem. The expression is, uh, it's considered as not. Every, the whole world is considered as not. So it means that the, the worlds, the physical worlds and all the spiritual worlds, they don't, they're not typhus makam, they don't take up actual space. But when we say Baruch Shem between the Shema and Behavta, that is referencing Hashem's level of Malchus. Malchus Malchus Kol That the level of Hashem's Malchus is created, creating the worlds from out of nothing, absolute nothingness. As it says, Yachil Melech, that Hashem is completely one. And singular, and he is the king, and he he is able to relate to the world in the level of Malchus. That only when we're talking about um, when we say Hashiv, that that is only referring to Kame, meaning Kame means Hashem beyond the level of Malchus. When we're talking about Hashem beyond the level of Machos, that aspect of Hashem is literally the, the worlds don't even exist and don't take up any space or, at all, don't, don't have any existence. But when we relate to Hashem's Machos, that is the aspect of Hashem, the slowest level of Hashem that is able to come down here through um, multitudes of simsumim to reveal Hashem's Machos. Now, so we now, despite all this, we we still we. That's why the Baruchim for Machusa Elamvad helps us helps us reach this level of loving Hashem in the most literal sense. Meaning, in order to have the love uh, in one's heart, to nullify oneself to Hashem, and to be included uh, in Hashem's infinite light. 
that's how we need to have this, this deep love and yearning and desire for Hashem. Um, so that way uh, we can become totally nullified to Hashem and reach that state where we really, that really, that we don't take up any space in Hashem's eyes. And that is the connection between the Echad of the Shema and the Vahavta, that the level of Echad is drawn down um, to have this love in the soul of man to, for Havaya to become Elokecha. And how do we accomplish that? Through Asa through learning Torah. As is written, in the Tehillim, that the Torah is like a garment of light that enrobes us. And the, and the, the light of the Torah is the light of, is, also, is essentially the light of the Aryan self that's enclosed in the Torah. So therefore, really, the Aryan self is surrounding you when you're learning Tara. And on this, it actually says in a Pasuk in Daniel that that his garments are like snow white, as white as snow. So what does that mean? It means that the whole idea is that the idea of snow is, is an analogy for understanding Hashem's wisdom as it comes down from supernal wisdom that is completely beyond our ability to understand and appreciate like 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 water droplets in the clouds and then it has to freeze like snow and then um it comes down in uh i guess frozen so to speak and then it comes down here in the most physical world and melts um, down on the ground for, and it is revealed to us for us to be able to appreciate and learn it. So, so we have the Shams Chachma and that's how our wisdom is able to relate to Hashem's wisdom, but specifically through this process of freezing and becoming snow, so to speak, um, allegorically and coming down here. Another passing in Daniel says, Se'ar Reshe Kamar Neke, that his the hair of his head is as white as wool. So the hairs, this white hairs, is an analogy for the hamshacha of the detailed halachas of the Torah. As we say in Shir Shirim, Kvutsaisav Taltalim. These uh, Taltalim are locks of hair. These and there's uh the it's brought down that the Taltalim, these these hairs. They're actually, um, the hairs represent the halachas of the Torah, which are drawn down from the the the, the, the hairs, the, sorry, as only as hairs. They're not actually part of the brain, but it comes from the head. Um, so it's very indirectly and through many tinsumim, kind of a direct result from the brain and a very, very, um, you know, after a lot of tinsumim. Um, now we have a Pasuk in Tehillim that says, That in order to have this hamshacha of that 
your wonders and your thoughts are upon us through learning Torah that is um, before us, that we are able to enclose the Torah in the most physical sense, uh, which is alluded to by the, the last two words of the Pazik, Atzmu Misapir, through many Simsumim, the Atzmu, the Simsum, um, which are ad infinitum. And um, in order to, from, from the infinite Hashem, to reach us, uh, to relate to us in the most physical, lowly world. That's what it means, the word erech, like inaroch. The word erech means finitude. For example, um, what are what is an example of something that's erech? The erech would be one and a million, or one in a hundred thousand, that they're still erech to each other because... Um, it's, they're both numbers and you can eventually get to a million with them enough number ones, but compared to in self, which is completely beyond the idea of number or any limitation is you can't, you have, there's no, it's not bare. So you have to say that Hashem is bein aroch. We have a Pasuk in Mishle, salsalaha usurayma maka. So what does salsalaha srimameka means? Salsalaha means to comb or to turn and separate the hairs of um, a person so that the way they won't be tangled, like combing the hairs. Um, and as, as sages say, this is a, from the Gemara and Megillah, that my salsalaha that the, the rabbis did not know what the word salsalah meant in the Pasuk until they heard the, the maid, it's the maidservant of Rabbah, that, that she was telling this guy, that, what, what are you doing with the turning your hair all the time? You're always salsalah, your mother's always salsal, the hair. So this idea of salsal of the hair is to separate and not let and not let there be confusion amongst the halachas because we said that the halachas are the hair. So in the Gemara we have confusion about what's the final halacha. So we have debates and contrary halachas and getting the case in the halacha right until we're able to refine that and comb it out, so to speak, and reach the final halacha. Um, and so that's why this. Uh, the second word of that pasuk is usremmaka, that the soul through this process of salt silsul, of combing the hair or learning gemara, and coming to a practical halacha, where you become elevated, we become misremmim from this, and that, and we reach this white, this level like the like the pasuk in Daniel we quoted earlier, sorry, she didn't that the hair of the head is like, it was white as wool. We reached this purity of refinement and of the halacha, of the source of the Torah, which is only a garment uh, of, like we said, oita erkasama. But that's not the case with regards to the hisraimamos that's higher than the idea of a garment which actually touches into the, to the very essence, the orient self, mamish, the most literal way. So now moving on to Ois Gimel, the third 
Sif of the Mimer. When we meditate, um, when a person meditates, that through this process of combing the hairs, meaning silsil halachas, meaning learning the halachas of the Torah, and coming to clarity in what's the halacha of the Torah, the halachas of the Torah, we become elevated. Our souls become elevated to Hashem's essence, as we spoke um, just now, in the most literal sense. Through that, we can reach a great joy in the chedvas Hashem. It's the ayin of baruchu makar chayim makar hatanugim. That Hashem's essence is the source of life and the source of pleasure. It's even greater than all of the pleasures of this world. Even the pleasures of Gan Eden, the lower Gan Eden, higher Gan Eden, um, because Gan Eden is only a ray of Hashem. And the level of ray of Hashem, of the Ziv, uh, they said that by Acher says, Mutav and um, how much more so when a person puts all of his effort into being Oisik Batara and learning Torah and making it his business on Torah, that he gets this pleasure uh, to, of coming close and one with Hashem face to face, which is the source of life and pleasure. Now, this pleasure that um, that we experience, that we receive when we learn halachas, it's not always revealed in the most revealed sense because the tainug is so great, the tainug that a person receives or experiences or doesn't experience when they're learning uh, the Torah and learning the halachas and learning Gemara and, coming to the understanding of the halachas, it's such a great tainug that the soul is not even able to even appreciate or grasp this tainug. Therefore, um, it doesn't come in a revealed sense um, to normal people Um, because our intellectual capacity is just too limited to really appreciate the full extent um, of this tainuk. But if we do a proper zbaninus, um, then we can really appreciate this oinig to a certain extent and this revelation um, because we can at least appreciate the fact that we receive it. But not, but our intellect is still limited to a certain extent that we don't not able to grasp the full six sense of this tainuk. In regards to learning Torah, it's uh, which is on the level of uh, this the lulushei are the garments, the snow white garments. It is known that thought and speech of a person are the person's garments, right? Thought is the the inner garment. Dibor is speech is an intermediate garment. And if that's the case, that when a person's soul um, 
is enclosed in the thoughts and speech of Torah, then um, essentially he becomes enclosed in the garments of HaKadosh Baruch himself in the most literal sense. And you cannot get closer to Hashem than this. Similarly, uh, by way of analogy, um, like the idea of two people being covered by one talus. So it's almost like a very intimate experience with Hashem and unity with Hashem when we are learning the Torah. From this, it's understood that which in the second part of the Kirishma, we say, What does it mean, Venasati? That, that Hashem will give you rain in the proper time, grass at the proper time, the, the grass in the fields. Now the, the question is, is Moshe Rabbeinu you know, the one saying this, right? So, but really it's a Kaddish Baruch um, But the whole idea is there's a concept called Shechina that the Shechina speaks from Shem's uh, mouth. And, but the reality is that not only Moshe is saying this, but we say the Shema. So in a certain sense, we are promising this and this spark of Moshe that's within us, we are able to draw down this bracha. And through saying first, that's the serious nefesh. Um, and it's not for the sake that one should um, for the for the sake that one should not be able to be kaifer in Hashem, but rather the whole idea is to the idea of loving Hashem with all our kaiches is the idea of having a bittel, a certain level of nullification, nullifying any arrogance, gasaruach that a person might have. As our sages say, that anyone that has gasaruach, arrogance, it's as if he should be, he should, he's, he should be cut down like an, like an asherah tree, an idolatrous tree, an idolatry. <laughs> So, literally, when a person has arrogance, he's literally, it's as if he's worshiping, literally, like he's, an, he's a source of idolatry. Because he makes himself like he's someone separate from Hashem. And he needs to have this level of bittal and mysterious nefesh to Hashem. Meaning to say, and meaning that just like it is known from, this, from the Mimer, Maidah Menachem Lach, that we are completely subservient to you, that the Haida is to Hashem, completely acknowledging, given over, and totally nullified to Hashem. That it's completely, um, completely nothing. The whole creation that is something from nothing is, um, really to recognize that all the physicality of this world um, is not something separate, but it's all part of Hashem, one with Hashem. And this bittal that we reach is should be drawn down and revealed 
to in order to reveal the light of the orient self in the most literal sense in his soul. And therefore, therefore, even the reader of the Shema, you and me, when we say the Shema, we can say Venasati, and I will give, because when we are so battle to the Orient Sof that's revealed in the person in, in us or in the, in the person that's saying the Shema, he's literally able to. Um, bring down this bracha that as if Hashem himself is really saying those words himself. And by through this, we find that our sages say that Elu ve'elu divir lakim chayim. That you say, Be'shamay will say one thing, Be'shamay will say something totally different, or Abayin Rava. Um, so the whole question is, is how can you have two words of Hashem um, at the same time that's seemingly contradicting? But the reality is, is that since both have the words of Hashem or speaking the words of Hashem, it's not a contradiction. They're just expressing Hashem's uh, will and words in multiple facets. Um, and this, we see this idea so apparent of how, Hashem is literally able to speak um, through a person, matter of, um, through a person by the base Yosef, the Mechaber, the, then his um, says that Ani a Mishnah medbers beficha is a very famous uh, one of his uh, famous farm that is essentially um, essentially about. The idea of like literally the Mishnah is like a metaphorical, I guess, uh, person, so to speak, that's literally speaking in his mouth. So essentially the base Yosef is saying that, that Hashem is literally speaking through him. Um, and that's what, that's the koyach of the Torah, that you're able to have Hashem speak through uh, you. Now, that's all the advantage and power of learning Torah. But fulfilling mitzvahs, mitzvahs has a different angle. Essentially, it's specifically the mitzvahs of Melch. You're doing Hashem's Ratzin. And that is connecting to Hashem's Malchus. Um, as he, the energy that Hashem uses to create the worlds in the most in a little limited sense. Um like we say in the Ashrei, Malchuscha, Malchuscha, Le'elami, Mimem, Shaltuchah, B'chol, Deir, V'deir. We say, specifically we say, all worlds, Hashem's Malchus is Malchus over Koil Elamim. Meaning all physical space and place. And the second half of the Pasuk, when it says, Mimem, Shaltuchah, B'chol, Deir, V'deir, generation and gener- generation to generation, implies that Hashem is King also for all time. So the Pasuk includes Hashem's kingship over all space and time. And the idea of space and time is not Shaykh to Hashem as he is beyond the level of Machos. So clearly we're talking about the level of Machos, just like we say Hashem Melech, Hashem Malach, Hashem Yimlech, Hashem is king, Shem was king, Shem will be king. The whole concept of time is only relevant to Shem's malchus. But the Ayn Saif 
is not shaykh to zaman or time or place at all. So, and to finish off the third ice, we say that Isikataira is called, we, we are essentially uh, being like Hashem, being in his image, like Bitsalmenu, we say, in, it says in the, in Brazius, Hashem created man Bitsalmenu in, in his image. Then when we learn Torah, we are being in Hashem's image, um, which is beyond time. Now, mitzvahs is very much, by, by contrast, is very much connected to time and space. Because it's you're really mainly really mainly relating to Hashem the level of malchus, and that's why we say kidmusenu. So when Hashem created man, bitzalmenu kidmusenu, the bitzalmenu is referring to the when we learn Torah. Kidmusenu is when we do the mitzvahs, because that implies time limitations of time and space, because mitzvahs are dependent on time. For example, the Karbanais, the base of Migdash. That's not the case with learning Torah. There's no time um, when we can learn Torah, when we can learn Torah. The, do you have, are you only allowed to learn Torah on the base of Migdash? No, you can learn Torah even outside the base of Migdash. You don't even have to have a Koyen. You don't have to have a Koyen involved. You don't have to wear any Big Day Kahuna at all. Now, moving on to the, the third column, Amud uh, uh, Gimel of finishing off even though Torah is the whole goal of Torah is to explain the mitzvahs nevertheless in machshava in thought and speech it's still in a very spiritual place so it's beyond this world to a very to a great extent but the mitzvahs as we practically apply them that's with action and that's with our physical body here in this world most physical sense so therefore we have much more limitation is Dodd. Moving on to Siv Dodd. So we say that Hashem Zalumazim in Pasuk in Kaihalas. That, that just like the godly soul is divided into ten koiches, we have three intellectual koiches of the soul and seven emotional within holiness. We also have ten um, ten spheres or ten koiches of Nashash in the realm of Klippa in unholiness. So, like for example, Chachma wisdom, we have in Kedusha and in Klippa, we have this idea. So, for example, um, the Chartume Mitzrayim, the, the, the wise people of Mitzrayim, that, that represent Chachma of Klippa, Chachamim Hima Lahara in Yirmiya. Uh, shows that the Chachma also exists in Klippa, and so too by all the Kriyachas and Nefesh, we have this idea in Kedusha and Klippa. So, um, the whole idea in Kedusha, all the spheres, all these Kriyachas uh, and Nefesh have the element of Bittel, Tashem, Kriyachma. Chachma is Kriyachma, the power of what, which is the idea of Bittel. And Klippa is all about Yeshus. And um, ex- um, arrogance in existence. Like our sages say that he's, that any Jew that lives in Chutzlaaretz, it's like as if he's worshiping idols. So the whole idea is because Eretz Yisrael is also called Eretz Canaan. Canaan 
The word kanan means hachna and bittel. Hachna means a recognition and being totally subservient to Hashem. So it's a land where a place where people can be completely bottled to Hashem. But if it, so essentially the, the statement of, of our sages, when they're saying that the, a Jew that lives, what does it mean to live chutzaretz? To live with gust, with arrogance. If a person lives with arrogance as, as if he's offering, is as if he's uh, doing a vodazar. Because, um, like it says, uh, yeah, like, like in Vaschan, uh, the uh, worshiping idols, where he says, Now it's written in uh, in Psalm 1611, the sun gives a certain energy to the plantings of the earth. Similarly, called Svashamayim, that that Svashamayim, these are referring to the mazos, the constellations, that we don't even have a single blade of grass that doesn't have a mazel above directing it. So, so if that's the case, then why can't a person serve them, serve the blade of grass, or serve these uh, constellations, or these, or sorry, serve the, uh, serve you know, or do a vodazar? The reason is because when a person does a vodazara, what they're doing is they are recognizing that that blade of grass, Lamashal, is an entity on its own, separate from Hashem. And that 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 that, that blade of grass is giving hashba independently. That's not what's the case. Really, all the hashba is not from the from that entity. It's really they are just transmitting hashba directly from Hashem. So, and that's how people came to worship idols, that they basically said that this, or sorry, or even stars, they said the stars have their own spiritual existence separate from Hashem. So therefore, that, that is arrogance, but that's not the case with holiness in the realm of Kedusha, because everything in the realm of Kedusha is centered around Bittal. The idea that nothing exists outside of Hashem and everything is completely known by Hashem. And if that's the case, that one who goes after arrogance and it, it's considered that he serves idols or serves worship stars, star worshiper. Meaning to say that he is going after honor and glory which is not what a person should do. Um, but I guess the question is, is we do have this concept of importance of wearing fine and beautiful clothing, like the Kohanim would wear special clothes and they would make themselves look special. But that's very different. To wear, to wear beautiful clothes and wear appropriate, honorable clothing, that glory, you're not showing that you are something separate from Hashem you're trying to represent the glory of Hashem and you are being a complete bittal uh, channel, bittal dika channel to express Hashem in this world. But that, but everything else in this world, any other aspect of arrogance or haughtiness is coming, comes from Klippa and Sitra Akhra and um, unholiness.
from here we can understand what our sages say that the way of Taira is to have bread and salt and very minimalistic life. And if you live very minimalistically, it says in Pirkeavis, Ashracha Bailamazah, and etc. etc. That it'll be good for you in this world. So how can we wait to read it? That doesn't make sense. What's the what's so good of but how can your life in this world be good? By by eating only nothing but bread and salt and sleeping on the ground and living a life of pain. How can that be good in this world? I understand why it'd be good in the next world. How can it be good in this world? But the whole concept is that when a person has a sense of bittal to Hashem and recognizes that Hashem is dwelling upon him and he's just expressing godliness and he doesn't have any existence on his own, that is the greatest pleasure that a person could ever experience in this world. So that's why the sages say that one moment, one hour of tshuva and maizim taivim in this world is greater than the whole, whole olam haba because, because you're able to um, have the bittal and pleasure from expressing Hashem. But on the opposite side, the coin. If a person is only spending his whole life going after physical pleasures of this world, he's mum. He draws down the the side of unholiness of klipa, and just is like it's almost like he's wearing uh, filthy garments, so to speak. Begadim sayim, and he's just it doesn't it doesn't end up being a good life in this world. But when he has, he lives humbly and just focuses his life on learning Torah, doing mitzvahs, expressing Shem's Ratzin, then his heart will be joyous and um, he will be able to have the most beautiful, pleasurable life in this world too. Now, if you have haughtiness, What's the solution to haughtiness? It's to cry to Hashem. That the heart should cry out with the most innermost depths of the heart. Care of Ish Vleva Mike, it says until him. That we want to connect to Hashem's infinite essence that encompasses all the worlds. Because by in that highest level of Hashem, darkness is is light, um, and Rechnius and Gashmis is completely equal. So therefore, we can fill a person can fill themselves with the proper remorse and embarrassment of the haughtiness that he has caused him that to be upon himself, and then and then from then on, he can resolve, have a firm resolve to. Like to never be embarrassed forever. Now, like the mashal of one that goes about naked, the person's walking around naked and he sees nobody sees him, then he doesn't feel embarrassed. But if he found out later on that all these people were looking at him and watching him and everything, you'd be filled with a lot of embarrassment. So that's the case. The same thing would apply with. Um, with with um, 
in spirituality. Spirituality, the idea is our Torah and Mrs. are like garments, whole garments of holiness. So if we don't have those garments of holiness, there are Torah mitzvahs, it's almost like we are walking around naked and it's embarrassing. So therefore it's so important to have the, the, the Torah mitzvahs as our garments, our spiritual garments, um, so we can uh, get a lach of nachas from Hashem and not be embarrassed. That's why it says in Parshish Kisisa, Ki Le'irani that a person uh, cannot see Hashem and live um, because is because Hashem is completely beyond beyond, and um, we're filled with so much, I guess, embarrassment from our life and our physicality that we can't really see Hashem until a person passes away. Um, but when he does a complete shuva, then you can actually see Hashem's panemius as panacha vayavakesh. Meaning to say, to request Hashem's panemius, the, the inner, the revelation of Hashem's light, in the most literal sense, to return to Hashem face to face. As is written, Vizarakti Lechemaim Tahirim, these 13 um, attributes of mercy that that's the idea of the most premious and source of Torah, which fills all blemishes and therefore be able to become purified. And the whole idea, this answers the question of why do we need 10 days of tshuva to reach Yom Kippur and have the kapara? Because the 10 days of tshuva corresponds to the 10 kreichas nefesh, that each day we transform and correct any arrogance or any klippa, any aspect of the, the kreich of our nefesh that's involved in klippa and transform it to kedusha. So the first day on Rosh Hashanah, we transform chachma. Transform the negativity of chach, within Chachma um, of Klippa and transform to Chachma Kedusha. For Isi, as it says in the Pasig, or Isi, Ish Chacham Be'inav Tikva L'chsil Mimenu. And then we reach a level of Bitzel on, from the level of Chachma. And then through each day of the Sarasamit Shuva, we, we work on refining and transforming each of the Ten Kachas Nefesh and Tzavish Yom Kippur, which is Malchus and uh, like it says in Devar Yamim, Lacha Hashem Hamam Lacha, and because Malchus that you bittel, and that's what Yom Kippur is all about. Because on Yom Kippur, we're not allowed to eat or drink or uh, be involved with uh, or wear leather shoes or be involved in physicality. So that's the whole idea of being completely bittel from any um, existence, any physical existence, and that's what Malchus is all about. Malchus is bittel. And that's why we do so many, uh, bow down so many times in Yom Kippur. We prostrate ourselves because the whole idea is to have ultimate level of bittal. And we actually, speaking of the, the arrogance, we actually we have two levels of gasos ruach. We have chitzonius, we have an external arrogance, an internal uh, pneumius gasos ruach. The chitzonius is where a person knows, if a person only has external arrogance, he knows deep down that he's that his low state, that he's spiritual state. Um, um, 
but nevertheless, he still considers himself as like uh, something special and is in his own right. Um, but the idea of Pnimius Gasseruach is where his entire essence is arrogance that that he really considers himself special and really great, even on his most from the most inner aspect of himself. So that Pemius Gasseruch is even a more difficult thing to correct. And it says that the first, so essentially these two levels of Gasseruch can be corrected through our, the Pasuk of Radibar Maschil, because we say, we say in the Pasuk, the word Aleichem implies the correction of the Chitzonius Gasses Ruach to turn that into Bittel. And then the second is through the Mikol Chate Sichem. That is through uh, transforming the Pneumius Gasses Ruach. And then through that, Lifneshem Titaru. Will be able to reach uh, the level of connecting to Hashem and a full level of bittul with no gases ruach, because the Taira is the name of a kaddish baruch The yud, for example, we so we have uh, the of yud kevavke yud is chachma, because the Torah came from Hashem's chachma. But through tshuva from the depths of a heart, meumka meimamakim kersicha Hashem we're able to draw down Havaya and then we can become purified uh, and transform the Klippa to become, no longer be concealment um, and have this, uh, reach this uh, revelation of Sev Kalamim. And that's why the second tablet, second set of Luchais were given Davka and Yom Kippur because that's the revelation of Anichi Kecha. Anechi Mamish. And in this, we don't have any other gods other than uh, Hashem. And that's specifically through the Luchos Achrenes. Meaning to say that this is the promise that we won't have any Elohim uh, that conceal this love of Pneumius um, that separate us and Hashem. However, in Yom Kippur, sorry, in Yom Kippur, all this is in concealed because the Luchas Achreinus was given in private. However, the revelation of the of the Simcha of the Luchas Achreinus really happened in Simchas Torah, because that's the joy of the Torah that's completely expressed in the most revealed state, and that's the Gilu Einig Ha'Elyon from the highest levels of Hashem. Baruch thank you so much. And have a wonderful day.